to hear your favorite funny people paired with wine? Want to just hear them whine about something? Hi, I'm Ellen Clifford. Hi, I'm Sean Buckholtz. We're the hosts of The Wine Situation. That's wine with an H. We've had Morgan Murphy. Drew Drogi. Brian Safi. Charlie Tanners and Camille Knox. Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins. Melanie Linsky. They all told us their wines. And we told them about wine. It's totally boozy study hall. So get it everywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's The Wine Situation. Wine Wine with with an H. H. Cheers! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein. Today, we have the guest, the wonderful Johnny Schwartzbein. You know him from UCBLA's Rough Cut. He's the He helps run TNT. Uh, he also helps run the 11th Hour Show with Imaginary Friends. Good guy. Wonderful improviser. Uh, if you've been in the L.A. indie improv comedy scene at all, you know who he is. Um, I, I, guys, I feel like I haven't given an episode in a long time. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, no, I, you know, I feel like I apologize too much. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have a busy life. Sometimes things get in the way, and I'm not able to produce episodes for you. But I try to bring you guys the highest quality episodes I can, and today is a good one. Um, you know what? I just found out that. My podcast, this podcast right here, was in the iTunes top 150 for comedy. And I was kind of blown away by that because I had no clue. And I realized I owe all of my listeners a big thank you. So thank you guys. You guys listen. You guys rate. You guys like it on Facebook. You tumble it. You talk about it. Uh, you, you make me defend my position, positions on the show. You guys are great. Uh, I really appreciate everything you're doing to help make this podcast more successful. Um, I have good news for you, though. This is an episode. So you're about to listen to an episode for everybody who's wanted one. Uh, that wasn't the good news. The good news is I have another one coming next weekend. So there will be two episodes in a row at the very least and I think I've got a third guest booked. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, I really appreciate you all listening. Uh, if you guys could all do me the favors that you keep on doing and keep liking it on Facebook, following the blog at improvobsession.com, retumbling, and of course, subscribing and rating in iTunes. That's super helpful for the iTunes rankings. And you guys got me in the iTunes top 150 before. And hey, Maybe with a little bit of effort on all of our parts, we can get top 100. What does that do for us? I don't know, but it'd be nice to say. Top 150 just isn't as smooth. All right, here it is. The episode with Johnny Schwartzbein. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session what don't I want to talk about? What? No, it's not what I don't want to talk. About. It's like what wouldn't I talk about? All right, well, we might find out. I might find I might find the the thing that you want. All talk right, about. well, I'll get ready to edit then. <laughs> All right, uh, hey everybody, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host Stephen Pearlstein today. Guest. I'll do the music. Are you doing the music? Today we have a very special guest in the podcasting studio, Johnny Schwartzman. How you doing, everybody? Yeah, hey, hey, hey. good to see you. Good to see you. Good. No, sit, sit, please, sit, sit, sit. <laughs> um, you got a cut on your hand, yeah. So hopefully you'll be okay. No, I'm good. Okay. For those of you <laughs> listening at home, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. At all. Not that bad. Um, so 
Uh, I got told like three times I need to get you on the podcast. Be- Why? And, and, <laughs> but hold on. Wait, their reason was because you are the godfather of indie improv. Yeah. That's what that's what the title that you were given. The and I God, thought that, that the Godfather of Indie. I really like that one. I think that's a fitting title. Yeah, I I, I have a lot of titles. I have the Tim <laughs> Russert the Tim Russert of Improv. Okay, because that's because of the cage match thing. Right. Right. Uh Joe Hartzler calls me the mayor of UCB. Because <laughs> <'cause laughs> I'm always perfect. there when he's there and it annoys him. And then uh, McCabe and Meharry, instead of calling me the, the, the Tim Russell Improv, they, what was the name? They came, uh, it was like the, the, the autistic retard in the corner. Because <laughs> I'm always taking notes at Gage Match for the recaps. It's just like, <laughs> look at this guy. Uh, well, so, name calling aside. Name calling aside. But you do have, like, I feel like a long history with indie improv. Like, you were, one of the first people I ever like saw in indie improv. Like when I started taking classes, one hundred and one, two hundred and one, I was like, I need to go jam. And I googled all the all I jam in Los Angeles, and I found uh, a TNT, and I went to that a lot. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, backstory of like LA indie improv, okay? Because feel like you probably know more about that than well here here's myself. here's here's my timeline yeah is that um, you get on the scene and all that i moved to la august 1st 2007 okay uh and i was doing more stand-up than you know i was like okay i did 101 and 201 improv in new york and i wanted to keep doing that out here but i was doing mostly stand-up and uh, yeah i was just hitting an open mic every day and then i heard about this thing through class called TNT, which started up July 2007, so like a month before I I came to L.A., and I was like, oh, well, I'll go check that out, because it's at least another place to get up, because they were doing the weekly jam at UCB, and then I.O. had a jam that was, I never went to, that Hal used to host, Hal Rudnick, (laughs) and then uh, it was TNT started up, because it was stand-up at UCB on Tuesday nights, uh, and there wasn't any improv. Right. Uh, And then, well, stand-up and sketch. Uh, so they started up, and it was basically nine, uh, four teams, two teams at 9 o'clock hour, two teams at 10 o'clock hour, and then jam at 11. Uh, and it was teams, it was like, when when I started going to TNT, the wait list for a team was two weeks. <laughs> it was two weeks. So you would see the same well, people love, go up. And, I love that there. there's only two teams an hour. Like, that's what a, what a novel idea. And the whole reason, uh, that was started uh, Harrison Brown and Jonathan Smith, which yeah. were uh, two-thirds of the 20-win uh, cage match team at I.O., Vile Henchman, uh, which was them two and Jordan Morris. Uh, and they were like, we want to do more improv. we got to figure out a way to do it outside of... You know, the theaters are putting up their own stuff. So they started TNT. And then people were like, oh, this is a really cool idea. So, like, Convoy would do it. Uh, Soundtrack uh, did their, like, preliminary shows there before they were put up at UCB over yeah. here. Because it was a new crew from the New York theater. Uh, you know, Last Day in, of School and Sentimental Lady would do shows. And, you know, it was a really good time. But it was also a way to get up because, because of the jam. So every Tuesday, I'm like, I won't do an open mic on Tuesday, or I'll do one before uh, 11 so I can get to the last show at TNT and then also do the jam. And then I started doing that, and then I did it, like, every week, like, literally every week for, like, a year. And then Harrison and Jonathan got really busy with stuff, and they were like, we need to add a third person. 
uh, how about that Johnny kid that's always hanging around and does okay in the jam and so they the asked me to co-host like, yeah, how about the autistic kid in the corner uh, that's just counting beats by touching the tips of his fingers uh, yeah so they asked me to do it I'm like I'm <laughs> three three beats uh, no but they asked me they like you're here every week you want to do it anyways I'm like sure and it's like okay all you got to do is just buy beer and put it in a cooler with ice at the beginning and then do what you're doing so okay and then eventually it's, you know, we started an 8 o'clock hour, which we called the power hour, which was three teams in the hour, which was unheard of. <laughs> was unheard of. Just, just because our wait list got to like three months and we're like, oh, we got to put teams through. Uh, and then uh, Crash Bar started shortly after that. And yeah. then a year after that, Room 101. And then a year after that, 11th hour. And then Mock. And then now... Every show. There's a show every night of the week. Two shows at least every night. Um... Okay, cool. So, so in that, so like you got you kind of got brought on board because of uh, uh, insane dedication to jamming. I didn't see, I messed the thing. It didn't seem like it was insane. Uh, I I call it. I only call it insane because um, at a certain point in my life, I was jamming a lot too, and I got called insane for it. So it's an ah, infe- okay. it was an infect- affectionate insane, uh, but. Ah, so so why okay so then why were you like why would you keep going back because like jamming doesn't isn't always fucking good like doesn't it doesn't it hurt sometimes no 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 okay it never so, hurts uh, well <laughs> here, here, here's the thing uh, I guess it's kind of not obsessive but it's it's almost addictive that one time uh, I still remember the best the best scene I've ever done in a jam and it's probably like top three five scenes I ever did it was a UCB jam when uh, Drew DeFonso Marx was hosting and it was probably like a year and a half ago mm. two years ago yeah. <clears throat> but they used to do three groups the first one they uh, interviewed someone or no the first group they did monologues then the second group they did living room and the third one they would just get a suggestion and go right. and uh, I was in the third group and the suggestion was uh, ping pong Okay, so I step out, and then Drew steps out, and I start, you know, I hit a ping-pong ball to him. He hits it back, hit it back, hit it back. He takes one step back. I take a bigger step back. We keep playing ping-pong until he keeps going back. You know, it's just the simple, the first thing is, oh, he stepped back. I'll step back. He steps back. And then uh, by the end of it, I was hitting a ping-pong ball, like, with my hand, like, out of the curtain with my body, (laughs) off, like, backstage, and he was... Like standing in between, like like on top of two chairs, hitting it back and forth, and it went like a, like a solid two minute scene with no dialogue, just physical action that was just heightening one simple thing, and no one wanted to touch it. Yeah. And then eventually he slipped and his foot got caught in between the the chair and the back of the chair. Yeah. And then he said, "I'm stuck," and then someone edited it, and then he was he was actually stuck, so he said, "No." I'm literally stuck. I can't get out. <laughs> and then everyone had to drag him out of the chair. But it was such a simple scene that it was just like, why can't I do that every jam? Or why can't I help two people have that, like, have their scene? Yeah. So, like, every jam I, I host, um, I always go in, like, with with something I can help as a host whether it's getting everyone off the back line because you see the same people that are like hasn't to get off the back line the sooner you can get them in 
the sooner they'll feel more inclined to get in themselves. So Yeah, you did that to me uh, a couple times. I remember that back in the day. Like, right, because you were there every week. And what's the point of coming and, to a jam every week if you're you, not going to get you off do, the You start line. a new scene and you just point at me and I'm like, what? Why do I have to do something? Uh, Why but, do you have to? Why do you, do you get to? Like, it's no, you know, it's it, uh, it's it's weird. Like, there, were, I, th- I feel like there's a transition between um, getting getting comfortable on stage and then getting comfortable to like actually do something on stage. You know, what, you know what I mean? Right. Like the like, first time I did, I was on the back line and I didn't even think of anything to do. And then the yeah. second one, I was on the back line and I thought of stuff to do, and I was watching people doing the stuff that I was thinking in my head. I'm like, oh, well, next time I got to. Yeah, I, I thought of it. That. Yeah, I can yeah, do that. And then the next time you do one scene and then you just keep going. Yeah. See, what's insane to me is people that keep going to jams and keep going to shows, like watching shows, and either like not putting into, like, they want to improvise and they go to all these shows, but they never apply anything, like, practically. Yeah. Like, you, you, you go to shows, if, if you're a performer, you go to shows and you watch shows, and you in the back of your mind you're like, this, I'm going to take something from this show. Yeah. You know, next time... I'm with my team or in practice or like doing a show and I'm going to try it out and if it if it helps my team or it helps the show then I'll just have that little thing in my arsenal but people that go to shows and just like yeah man that was a great show and just like that's it or they go to jams and they just stand on the back line I'm, I'm talking like I'm not talking no, like right. so if, if you're if you're in 101, 201, 301, 401 and you go to a jam for the first time you don't get in the scene that's fine Yeah, I'm just saying I've seen people literally a jam every week, sometimes twice a week for like a month, mm-hmm. eight jams or two months. Yeah, where it's just like not, not even thinking about getting off the back end. Not even yeah, uh, wanting to do like a monologue for an opening. Just like yeah. wanting to be on stage and they don't know why. Yeah, and that's the thing. Just figure out why why you want to jam. I do it because I'm trying to perf- I'm trying trying to find that perfect scene or that perfect jam which will never happen no. but I can get as close as I can yeah that's uh that's interesting how it basically sounds like you don't enjoy any improv uh, don't enjoy like yeah like you're like um oh, you're picking up stuff you're watching shows it's I think that's I think that's Interesting and almost fitting that you're like. Oh, I enjoy it very much. Just pull, like it's it's probably my favorite thing in the world is improv. Yeah, but it's just you know. But but the fact like some like sometimes sometimes I don't I don't pick apart shows like sometimes I don't think about them. Right, you don't have to. Yeah, and like, I, there's there's shows where I don't either. But at the yeah. same time, at the in the back of my mind, I'm always learning. Yeah, you know, you see something new or you see something. Uh, the, like like we were saying earlier, uh, done uh, the same thing done in a different way. Yeah, like you remember it. If if it's funny enough to laugh at, it's funny enough to remember. Huh, that's interesting. So it's like because okay, let's let's talk a little bit about the psychology of laughter. Okay, I'm why, excited for this. Okay, <laughs> why does someone laugh? Because uh, they find something funny, right? <laughs> Okay, but at the very base, the, the the physiology of a laugh, it's your brain sending a signal to the rest of your body, your lungs, uh, to expel air because something unexpected has happened. Sure. Okay, so then it's up to your brain and the morality of your brain to process why your body responded to it. So, like, for example, if something sad happens, your brain sends a signal to your body to react, and in that split second... Your brain says, I saw something, 
my brain thinks it's sad, I'll cry. If the same, if if someone else sees it and the, and their body says to laugh, or to laugh because you don't know how to process it and then cry. That's that's what a laugh is. Is your body just reacting without knowing what's happened because it's been it's in shock mm-hmm. because it's been surprised. That's why whenever someone does like a a joke that's like super dark and you're not expecting it, it it's always like ha <laughs> yeah. because that first laugh is your body saying I was surprised they caught me off guard and then my moral center says oh I should groan at that because I'm in a group of people. And if I just laugh hysterically at this super dark thing, people will judge me for it. That's interesting. So any, any like, I, like that laugh is just catching someone off guard. And that, to me, makes me remember stuff more. It's like, wow. Like, I didn't even think of that. That's what makes me laugh. Where it's like, that's so great that you... Like, this thing that I watch over and over and do over and over improv. If you can do something to make me go, like, laugh and go, whoa! Like that's awesome. No, it makes me smile more than anything. Yeah. If, you, if you see me watching like a good improv show, I'll just be like smiling and staring at the the stage instead of just like laughing. Huh. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I love. Hmm. I'm like I'm liking that you're thinking about it this much. Well, I uh, mean, this is, uh, I have to. I, you, you do, do so much of it. There's no point in doing something if you can't really justify it. Yeah. At a certain point. <laughs> I don't know. Like I started, you start to. I feel. I feel like I analyze improv a lot too. Uh, but you, you literally analyze improv with the cage match, like rundown. Thing. Yes. Um, and like, I feel like that's an awesome thing that you do for your, like, in a weird way, just for yourself. Like you, I feel like you probably get a lot out of that. Like you probably learned a lot about improv, and moreover, what an audience appreciates than just doing that. Than, a lot of things. Yeah, it's it's. I would say it's a little more specific than that. Tell I've me. learned what the UCB cage match audience sure would typically like because it's it's different. The the format of the show makes the way you would play it to win it different than the way like I would play it. Like I've had teams that could have easily won. Yeah, but yeah. that's we don't play the way that a cage match audience would vote for. Which is fine because as soon as the audience changes and they want to vote for something else, then it's that's where the unpredictability happens. Yeah, but at the same time, funny is funny. That's that's the one thing watching so many cage matches has taught me is that if you have a funny show, it's going to be funny no matter where it is, in front of whatever audience. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that the funniest show always wins? No. Okay. It doesn't. Yeah. And that's that's coming from people that have won against, you know, with not as good of a show, but with, you know, whatever whatever it is. But, you know, in the last, in the two, the two years, I think it's, yeah, it's coming up on two years that I've been, you know, doing the cage match analysis. Yeah. There's been like six champions, mm-hmm. like six winners in two years, something like that. Like, uh, let's see. Maybe maybe more six than that. runs. You mean like there? There's been like maybe like seven or eight teams that have just won a cage match. Only that's it, really. That, okay, that few. Uh, Heather Miles, sure. Uh, Dirkus and Fernie, Fun Town, Death by Ruru, Shitty Jobs, The Smokes, Bender Dangle. No, that was before I was analyzing Skinny Business. Uh, skinny Business. That's right. Uh, and I think that's it. Wow. That's yeah, because you know. 
Huh. Yeah. And then before that, there's, you know, Convoy had that huge run, and then right. uh, Ben Schwartz and Chad Carter was kill screen. Right. They had, like, a five or six show run. Bender Dangle had, like, a four uh, run. That was a Steve Slaga and Betsy and... Who was in that? Uh, Marissa Strickland and Eileen. Do you feel like the somebody who's already won a cage match is more likely to just win again? Like, mm, only because they usually have more fans than the people that don't. Yeah. Like, like for example, Heather and Miles. Yeah. Have a lot of fans. They got, and, a, little, they got a little cult following. And going they're there. great. So Heather already has a cult following, cage match wise, from Booberry Canadian Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Which was her and Jordan Peele and Colton Dunn and Scott Rogers, Alex Burke on keyboard, but like and and then also Last Day and then also there's this little thing going on where you know uh, I O kids want to see I O performers succeed at UCB. That's 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 a Is legit that a thing? thing. Yeah, it's a thing. All right, and <laughs> and well, see here's the thing. Uh, Heather was on Roberto Alomar. Over at I.O. before she was, you know... No, that was about the same time that she was doing last day. She's, she's been goddamn everywhere. Yeah, she's been everywhere. You know why? Because she's funny and she's great. Yeah, like, she there's there's no reason you wouldn't have her on a stage. Uh, and then Miles. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I, I'm not sure what shows he's on at I.O., but I think he's great. So yeah. why... If I was in the audience, it's like... Part of me is like, if I'm not going to be able to get to see Miles anywhere else, and if I keep voting for him, I get to see him, then, you know, maybe I keep voting for him. Yeah. You know, that being said, it's like, you know, they, they have so many great shows. Like, I think like 20, maybe like 25 of the 28 shows they've had to be like, I'd take that show. Like, <laughs> like that was a great show. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was in that show. Yeah. You know. It's interesting. Um, well... Have you ever like have you ever watched a show and you just can't understand why somebody won? Have you ever has that ever happened? No, to you? No, no, I, I always get it. Yeah, <laughs> I always get it. Okay. It's either like a change of pace or doing the same thing better. Like uh, like Fun Town. Uh, oh, Billy Miles was the other one. That was the other cage match champion. I forgot. That was Brian O'Connell and Miles Straw again for like six in a row. Uh, but like Fun Town. They had a change of pace because they, they just went. It felt patient, like they yeah, did. Yeah, that's the. It feels like the cage match at UCB favors uh, speed and uh, callbacks and and uh, and uh, I, I feel like obnoxious isn't the right word, but a certain type of obnoxious uh, aggressive. Uh, aggressive. We'll go with aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. Uh, I, know, I know what you're saying, but. Here's why I will respectively disagree. All right. Okay. I haven't been in uh, cage match in a while, so you're the fucking authority here. Because <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't matter, like, speed or style of play. What the UCB LA cage match audience uh, not requires, what I'm looking for, what they are most engaged with is teams. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily individuals. Teams that are dedicated to committing to what they're doing. Heather and Miles commit their asses off. If it yeah. goes dark, it's going to go way dark. If it's like, like fanciful, <laughs> we're floating on a unicorn into like a virtual video game world, they're going to com- completely commit to that. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their speed. For example, uh, Death by Ruru used to do a mono scene. Yeah. People think mono scene is, uh, mono scene is slower. That's what people do. Not really. The no. way Ruru plays it, 
you know, yeah. they'll kill half of the the characters in the first six minutes and then figure out a way to bring them back. Yeah, come back, yeah. Uh, Smokes did a different form every show when they were when they had their their run. Yeah. The suggestion would be the form. Uh, you know, <laughs> shitty jobs. Everyone thinks they play just super aggressive and super fast, but they're just following whatever the team thinks is the funniest. And then it's more efficient than it is fast because it's like, what do we think is the funniest thing? Yeah. Okay, let's keep doing that until we just wring everything out of it and then go on and find something new. Yeah. So it's not necessarily speed. It's just efficient. It's like, you know, like, uh, what is it? What is that SNL character with Chris Kattan where he ate that apple? Oh, Mr. Peepers? Mr. Peepers. Yeah. It's like, I would say Shitty Jobs is the... Oh, that's such an awful thing to say. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, it's like, like, if the apple is the game. Sure. They'll grab it and just... <laughs> and just like, like, just every bit of it and just pick it clean and then just grab another game and then do that. Yeah. And then... Just when you thought it's like, oh, they kill, they kill that game. Like they went all the way through it. They took it to space and back, and they, that's it's done. Then they'll, at the way end, they'll grab like the apple core that you thought was completely eaten, and then they'll turn around. There's like one little bite left, and they'll just pick it off. And you'd be like, that's amazing. I thought I thought it was all done, but they brought back that one thing. How they're so brilliant. They remembered that thing that I thought was gone. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's what they're great at. So it's I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily speed. It's just like. Like, Dirkus and Fernie is another one. Like, do they play fast or do they play slow? Because they're in a mono scene, but yeah. then as soon as they want to duck out real fast and see something funny, they'll do that and then completely come back to it. Right. But they commit to when we're out of, uh, like, I guess the, the pretty flowers. When we're out of the core scene, you know, we can do whatever we want. When we go back to the core scene, we have to go back to the characters and, you know, uh, follow what we were doing there. So it's 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 the cage match audience. I would say uh, is more inclined to enjoy a team that knows what it does and commits to it completely. Huh. Whether it's fast, whether it's slow, whether it's aggressive, whether it's patient, whatever a team does best. If they do it better than what the other team does best, they'll have a better show in front of the audience. And then it doesn't matter if you have. Really, if you have a better show or not, then it's up to right. so many other different factors whether you win or not. Hmm. Yeah, having the, the there's, I, I wish I wish more people would separate, you know, having having a great show at cage match and winning. Like, because there's so many like good indie teams that have great shows at cage matches and then are upset because they didn't win afterwards. Where it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, give me 20 minutes in front of like the best, in my opinion, the best audience in LA. And you have a great show, and you're gonna be disappointed because you, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Want like I we. Uh, it's pessimistic. <laughs> no, it's it's hard. Like I, it's not. It's not. You set it up in the competitive aspect, and you're you are walking away with the title of loser. Like that. That does. That does suck a little. You're not walking away with the title of loser. You're walking. You are. You're, no. <laughs> you absolutely are. Yeah. Okay. Let me <laughs> ask you this. Uh, uh, you haven't done a used to be cage match, have you? Did the final four. Oh, that's right, with uh, uh, Smackaroos. Smackaroos, right. Yeah. Okay. So, you don't walk... Did you walk away with Loser, or did you walk away... Like, what did people well, say our, on the sidewalk when you show, came out? Yeah, ever. And it was yeah. the best show we'd ever done at that point. Right. So, so we felt fine 
Although I think I think we all were disappointed that we lost because we I think we all thought we had a really great show. No, Murder Cliff won that e- easily. No, I know they did. Oh, I, they I saw. Killed it. I saw. That was the one with all the kitty cats in heaven. It's it was crazy. I I, I saw it later and I'm like, well, of course they fucking won. Well, I was in that one too. Imaginary Friends was in. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. It was a good show. It was fun. Yeah. Um. But like no oh. one, no one comes up there. when you go out. When if you lose a cage match, no one on the sidewalk is like, "Hey man, sorry you like you're a loser, man." <laughs> so like no. if you had a good show, they'll say, "Hey man, great show." And then if you had an okay show, they'll say, "Funny show." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's like no one, no one thinks of anyone that loses a cage match as a loser, except for the people in it. And no one thinks of the the people that win as winners. They call them champions, not winners. I, <laughs> is this a game of semantics? <laughs> yes, it's a game of semantics. Because the champion comes back. You okay. can win a cage match and not be the champion. All right. We've already discussed that. Let's. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm giving up on this crazy semantic argument. Okay. Then. It's not about winning, it's improv. Right. But. It doesn't matter, man. It's set up in that way. There are the titles of champions and winners and losers. That happens. It's yeah, there. there's title. People think you're insane. Are you insane? What? what yeah. What? <laughs> are you insane for going to every jam? Uh, to you, I no. was dedicated. Right. Really dedicated. Dedicated. So insane is like myself, winning and champion. I give myself a different title. <laughs> there it is. And, and you're not allowed to live with it. Um, all right. Let's then. Let's. Okay. Now we have a running theme. Titles. Okay. So you're going to keep that going. And I'm gonna okay. forge ahead. <laughs> you started it. I did. Godfather of it. Who, who is the Godfather? Uh, maybe Harrison and Jonathan. I would say. Yeah. Well, no. Or Chuck Ford. Chuck Ford is the Godfather. I don't know who that is. Oh dear. Uh, Chuck Ford is a guy that would come to every TNT jam and every UCB jam and every run of Cage Match for Convoy. Yeah. And Freedom Snatch at IO. And Kaploosh. Over at sure. yeah, uh, he's but he's just he's a character. All right, and I don't see him anymore because he he has some car trouble and then some family stuff, and he's out in Tarzana. Maybe he'll hear this. Hey Chuck, how's it going? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he used to always Chuck. he used to always be around, man. Huh. Always. It was just his birthday too. Happy birthday, Chuck! I'm, I'm sure I said happy birthday on Facebook. <laughs> Chuck Ford, look up Chuck Ford, everybody. All right, let's talk about something. I feel like is in a similar vein to losing cage match. Okay, uh, I'll try to cheer you up. No, I'm, I, I want to talk about Harold auditions. Ah, um, okay. So that uh, how many have you have you done? Uh, five, five. Uh, Johnny, you're a wonderful improviser. Thank you. I enjoy being on a team with you. I enjoy you having pointed me out in. Random cage matches, or no, sorry, random jams, and making me improvise. Right. Uh, and I enjoy when I did bad scenes way back in the day, and you made them better at jams. And I was like, oh, thank God, Johnny's here. Uh, so, Harold, you've gone five times. You're not on a Harold team. How are how? What the fuck, man? How do you deal with that? Uh, it's well, does I, it matter? Like, do you even? Of course, it matters. When when I came to LA, I had. I had two things, like, I had two primary objectives. Like, okay. you know, like, as soon as I got off the plane... Find an apartment. That, you know, <laughs> that was, that, that was, that was... That was way down That was easy, because I settled in that night. <laughs> that was really easy. Uh, no, you know, like, my Terminator grid came on. You know, you know that green grid that the Terminator has? Sure, I know. Yeah, it's like, objective. Uh, uh, sell a show. Nice. Get on a Herald team. 
And I haven't done either yet. Got time. I still got time. <laughs> I got the rest of my life. But it's it's one of those things where it matters so much. It, it matters so much to me. But at the same time, it's not it's not the end game. I mean, I, there's still people that have been on Herald teams and that have been taken off Herald teams right. that I would still instantly pluck to uh, sub on a team or start a new practice group with or, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. So it's, it's yeah, it, 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 it does suck because... You know, five five auditions, four callbacks, and it's always like just on the cusp. Uh, but you know, it, it I, I I hope it'll happen eventually. I, I don't see why it couldn't. Yeah. You know, just I I just keep thinking like it's you know, you do more and you get better, and the more you get better, the better odds you have of getting on any house team at any theater right you know used to be included yeah it's that uh, it's that getting your uh, your percentages up type of thing same thing yeah. right yeah interesting um yeah I haven't uh, I haven't gotten to do a Herald audition yet so I always like why is that um the, fir- the oh, first one I graduated 401 the first one I graduated I was just graduating from 401 and I was eligible but I had no clue that like oh, people okay. signed up and like the waited in the morning and stuff. So I was like, I was planning to roll. To I was planning on rolling in at like four o'clock. <laughs> like, yeah. like no, all the you know, all the spots are taken. Uh, so that was great. And then and then the last one I was out of town. Um, and but uh, yeah, I watch. But see, watching that, like I see plenty of really good people not get on teams, and that's super. Uh, also, like disheartening in a way too. You're like, what? How is? How's Johnny not on a team? How's Rosenberg not on a yeah, team? Well, How's blank or blank or blank not on a team, you know? Well, that's... And that's the thing. It's... There's there's always people every single... What do they call it? Not not generation of Herald. What am I looking for? Cycle. Every Herald team cycle where you're like, how did... You know, like, okay. I'll give you an example. Like, my list... Let's see. This last year was like... Uh, Rosenberg. How did Rosenberg not get on the team? Yeah. Uh, last last year it was like, how did Renee get not get on the team? Yeah. And then the one before that, it's like, how are Carlson and Sheridan and Marissa not on the team? Yet? And then the one before that was, how is Casey Fay and Jacob Womack not on the team? And the one before that was, how did Betsy not get on the team? I don't think Betsy was eligible then. Maybe she wasn't for that first one. And the one before that was like, how is Hartzler not on the team yet? So it's just like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. there's, there's always people where it's like, this, I see this guy all the time, or gal, and it's just like, how, how are they not on a team yet? Because there's not enough slots. Because they're not looking to put the best improviser on a team. They're looking to make teams. Yeah. You know? And so, like, there's teams that people don't fit on. Yeah. And that, that's it. I mean, I, I could put you on a team with seven other people that I think are great. And yeah. you probably, you know, I could make a team where you wouldn't fit on. <laughs> I think it's called Sticks Martin. Uh, <laughs> it's only one thing that doesn't fit in Sticks Martin, and that's frowns. <laughs> Making a bumper sticker tonight for that. Yeah, when is this episode coming out? Uh, I'll probably put it out Sunday. Okay, so uh, <laughs> July 25th. At uh, Room 101, Sticks Martin. <laughs> Sticks Martin. That's right, yeah. Be there. Uh, and then the 26th at the Complex. Or no, sorry, Little Modern. We're doing that benefit show. Oh, yeah, show. the benefit show. Slider so it's eight. Go show. to yeah. that. That's important. Because uh, It's all charity. That's it's all charity. charity. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, well. That one matters. Um, 
All right, so then let's, let's talk teams because you, like I said, I feel like you've been around for a while, uh, and I, I think uh, there are people maybe who have been around the LA scene before you, but uh, I, I think you're an early UCB LA generation. So uh, I, I think I'm third, third, third generation. All right, it's pretty early. Yeah. Let's uh, so teams. You've been on. You've been on sure teams. Uh, I, let's talk about how how are you, how how does one be a good team member? Like I want to. Maybe break that down a little okay. bit. Because I feel like I think I know, but... Okay, uh, number one thing to being a good team member is... Respond never... to the emails. It's, no. it's, it's, it's the... That's, that's like fourth. Okay, great. I'm bad at it. And I could probably come up with like bigger balloon categories, sure. but uh, number one, never owe anyone on your team money for anything improv-related. Okay. Because... Everything improv is you do it because it's fun. Yeah. And it it's it's free. Sure. There's there's donations but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't cost anything. It's like separate the money and the improv. So as soon as you owe money to anyone on your team or a coach or something, that instantly takes precedence. Because it's it's ta- it gets in the way of people's livelihood with how they live. Sure. You know what I mean? So don't any don't owe anyone on your team money. All right. Number two. If you say you're going to show up to something or you're going to be at something, be there or let everyone know you're not. Right. Because it's just like that, the dedication. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going to de- dedicate, you know, people's time and hard-earned money and stuff like that, yep. don't waste it. Yeah. You know. There's, not, there's nothing more scary than uh, going to a show at I.O. West and you're like, all right, it's about time and none of my team's here. I had I had a team. We we're supposed to be five of us at that show, and nobody showed up till like one guy showed up at the last like five minutes late. And I was I was like I'm terrified. I'm like I can't do a show alone. I don't know what I'm going to say. These guys feel bad, uh, and that like that's not cool. Yeah, not a cool move. It's it's just it's like it. There's nothing. There's nothing that makes an improviser feel worse than feeling like they're alone on stage. Yeah, and the only thing worse than feeling like you're alone on stage is feeling like you're alone off stage. And when you do stuff like that, it's like, am I part of a team if I, you know, yeah. if it's just like, are, are you part of a team if you keep bailing on stuff? Yeah. Like, like I see so many where it's like, yeah, we're, we're a weekly practice group of four. And then when it comes to the show, they're a group of eight. And it's like, why is that? Oh, because four of us can practice, but four of us don't want to practice. They just want to play. Shows, yeah. So it's like, well, yeah. figure that out. Yeah, because that's uneven. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've said it before. I just I, the cult, the culture of improv. I think for my generation and later has gotten more and more casual about uh, that, like all that, like practicing or showing up yeah, or you, being you, dedicated. And there's there you have to you have to define like um, uh, was that the Ian Roberts class I took? He quoted oh, who was that? It wasn't Martha. Maybe it was Martha Graham. Okay. But it's a perfect practice makes perfect. So if you're going to be a practice group, be a practice group. Dedicate yourself to grinding in practice, trying new stuff in practice, getting better at what you're going to do on stage in practice. So when you do it on stage, it's better. Yeah. And you feel like you get better because you actually get better. So if there's one person that isn't doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, I mean, think of any improv show or even scene where everyone's doing one thing and then the other guy just isn't doing the same thing as everyone else. It, it falls apart. So yeah. it's just like, you know, art imitates life. Life imitates art. Yeah. You know, your shows are going to fall apart if one person on a team isn't as dedicated as everyone else. Yeah. You know. I buy it. 
Oh, oh, the other thing, and this is, I know, I know for a fact this is a, a pet peeve of a, a few other people I know. If, like, there's a lot of people that just perform, they don't practice, and they just show up to perform, and then they leave. Yeah. And they have horrible shows, and they don't know why. Like, watch shows. Like, it's, yeah. there's, go to indie nights. Go to uh, jams. Just, like, support the community that you desperately want to be a part of, or that you want to support you. Yeah. Because if, you know, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's like, like, I don't, I don't get it. I have bad shows, and I feel like I'm not part of a community, but I take off right after I blow through a 15-minute set without really giving a crap. It's, yeah. yeah. Because you don't give a crap. Yeah. I yeah. think that... that uh, sometimes... Yeah, sometimes I feel like you, I see some people or teams or even that I'm like, yeah, you got you got that stink of like, huh, I'm just going to run away from it. It's like, well, you need, to, you need to hang out and kind of yeah. figure... You need to figure some stuff out. Yeah, let's figure out a why. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> that, that would also help some of the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh... How, okay, so but there are but you're you're on a good number of teams, and uh, I'm sure you don't practice for all of them. No. How how do uh, how does uh, I, I don't know? It's not a jam team, but uh, one of those loosely assembled teams. How, how do you think you can make the most out of that? Because I feel I feel like that's hard. Like I've gone into those and just been like, okay, what are we doing? And then being very confused and just right, you right, know, right. falls apart a little. Well, it's. I'm doing one tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> Plug it. No, they're not going <laughs> to hear it. They're not going to hear it. <laughs> uh, I, I usually like those shows because, one, it's it's a way to uh, play with friends that I don't get to practice or play with. For sure. So it's like, you know, uh, like a, a good example of uh, one of those teams would be uh, a team called Reunion Tour, which is me, Jacob Womack, Casey Fay, and Matt Reed. And it's four f- really funny improvisers, and you know we're all friends. And we were on uh, our very first practice group together out of 401. And uh, then we just like we just weren't on practice groups after that for whatever reason. Yeah. But it's like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we all performed together? Because we all, you know, get each other and we like playing with each other. It's like, okay, so we sign up and we perform. And it's just like, you know, four funny guys just kind of challenging each other on stage. Like, yeah. Where it's like, hey, let's let's see what's the best scene we can come up with together. Yeah. And then once once we figure out what we're doing, let's see how far we can take it. You know, so it's just, it's just having fun and just listening and responding and just really, like, simple stuff. And as soon as something unexpected happens then following it and figuring out why and then just you know just basic basic improv stuff but with four just dudes that want to hang out on yeah. stage it's weird it's weird with those teams like I feel uh, like when I when I do like random mashup teams or maybe like uh, crash bar lottery things like that like there's a, there's a I feel like there's a big difference in between between you know, you know what I think it comes down to a lot is like what I expect out of the show. Like if I expect to pull off this type of thing and do these type of beats or whatever, uh, those shows are always bad. Whereas if I go like I'm just gonna go and I kind of like have fun and like if somebody if I feel like jumping in a scene and like making some fun move, I'm gonna do it. Those shows always go much better. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would ask, is that what you expect from the team or the assembled people, or is that what you expect from yourself? Probably myself. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. So how? It's kind of selfish, right? Sure. Because it's not about you. It's about the the scenes in the show. Johnny, I'm very (laughs) selfish. Okay, I think we firmly established that fact through uh, however many episodes you gotta, of this podcast I've done. You gotta give it up. You gotta give it up to the the improv gods. You gotta give it up to the scene because as soon as soon as you say, hey, we're you know, Barney and the farts, can we get a suggestion of uh, puke noise? Yeah. You know, as soon as, soon as you do that, it's, it's not about you anymore. It's about Barney and the farts. It's, it's about the team and about whatever happens in the scenes. So... You have to disconnect that part of your... What is it? Ego? Superego? Id? No, not the id. Part of your brain. The part of your brain that says, I need to do good and just say, you know, what can I do to help? Yeah. I always feel like I always feel like I go through the arc of good shows in the beginning of it with a team, uh, and then they go down. Like I, That's how I always feel. It's like I feel like I'm doing great, and then it gets worse. Yeah. And then hopefully it picks back up. Yeah. Oh, I but, will say this, though. I... I will not ever sign up, and uh, I don't. I don't have any teams signed up at any show that there's anybody on the team that doesn't go on stage wanting to do a good job. Like that, just wants to dick around on stage. Like everyone that I want to play with is a player that actively tries to do good work on stage. And there's some. There there may be some people that are on teams where it's like. Yeah, the three of us really kind of vibe together, and there's two people that just don't, yeah. you know. Sure. Then sign up a three-man, you know. And then eventually if one person is like, how come no one wants to oh, How come no one wants to be on a team with me? Well, I better change the way I play and maybe, or, you know, you know, be nicer on stage or, you know, not be such a, you know, steamroller. Sure. Then eventually they'll change unless they're crazy. <laughs> and then when they change, they'll become a better improviser and then people will want to play with them. I don't think people often know identify why they're not can easily identify why they may not be wanted on a team. Uh like if your team breaks up, nobody nobody really goes around and goes like, "Hey, I don't really like playing with you because like this." You know? Yeah. So is it that they're crazy or that through improv we've created such a kind culture that we let everybody... See, I, uh, here's why I... And I'm not saying that's a negative thing. No, that, here's, here's why I... Uh, respectfully disagree. Re- re- respectfully disagree. <laughs> it's because <laughs> I've, I've been not asked to be on teams. Or been like, hey, I saw you guys made this six-person team from this class or whatever. Can I join? Uh, actually, it's just going to be our six. Yeah. And then, what's what's the next question out of my mouth? I don't know. I've never asked anybody that ever. Why? Yeah, okay. And that's how you find out. It's uh-huh. like, hey, I saw you guys dissolve that seven-person practice group, and now you're a six-person practice group without me. Why? And they'll say, uh, we just didn't feel like we played well together with you. And sure. they'd be like, oh, well, what was it? So I can, you know, do something. It's it's always, like, I always feel it's it's people not wanting to get their feelings hurt as opposed to people not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. Like, you don't want to, people don't want to ask someone why they don't want to play with them because they're afraid of getting their feelings hurt. Sure. Where it's not, it's not about you. It's about what you were doing on stage or in practice. There's so many people that don't get along on stage that can be, that are still friends off of stage. It's, it's different. Huh. You know. 
And maybe that's maybe that's when you're talking about where it's like too nice of a like everyone's in this community and it's all happy and everyone's supporting each well, other. And, and, yeah, and even that sometimes like I feel like that's a little sometimes you see the bullshit there. Like yeah, you'll see a you'll see a seven person team dissolve and become a six person team. Yeah, why is and that? And then like kind of well, and then why kinda, is that bullshit? Well, it's the, okay. The but then but what happens is we act like nothing happened. Like we act like oh, who's we? Know. It's not. <laughs> Everybody, I feel, I feel you don't you don't feel like I've that's asked people like, hey, I thought you were on this team. And I've like, never, I've never done that, and I don't. I, maybe I it's uncouth for me to ask. I've literally but... never had anybody do that or heard of anybody doing that. Maybe it totally happens, uh, and and I just didn't understand. I do that constantly at TNT because it's because we, we have <laughs> one one so after every, after everybody does a set. If you're clapping for them and like, all right, that was black, and they're like, hey, why? I'm literally on the sidewalk. I've asked, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, the team we have for you on the TNT website has, it's like literally an eight-person team, but only two of the same names. Sure. And it's like, oh, we broke off that that version of it, and then we started a new one. Right. Oh, that's good to know, because I'll tell Jonathan that next time you guys come up on the thing, yeah. that we have an accurate, you know, roster. Right. You know? And also, if Harrison asked me, like, you know, uh, you know, what indie teams, you know, should I be looking to put up a cage match, I'll know who's on what team. Like, it's, to me, it's more practical than it is, you know, sure. gossipy or whatever. There's too much, like, people that think that knowing stuff is gossip. No. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, still, I, I'm still talking about, I think, something a little bit different. Okay. What are you talking uh, about? And I, I think, I just think that uh, people will... Uh, Choose, choose to not work with people, which is fine, uh, and and but put out the impression of oh no, I totally want to do stuff with like like that. Oh, like I feel like that. You oh, people, I see what you're people. Saying. I think people are gentle in improv uh, in oh, a way they, they, that they I don't, don't think you would be in other things. Right? You like, don't want to. Like, wanna... hey man, you didn't make the baseball team. What was a sentence I would hear? Like I, I totally get like that. That happened. I don't think anybody would ever go like. Hey man, you're not a good fit for our improv team anymore. You know, it go, it would go seven person team. Ah, uh, let's just break up. Becomes a six person team, and then somebody's like, "Wait, what just happened?" <laughs> like, like that, like the seventh person wouldn't know that they're not on the wouldn't team. Wouldn't know. Well, wouldn't like would wouldn't know that everybody broke up and then became another team. Oh well, that's just. I think that's. I would say that's more individual cases of people not wanting to make enemies or yeah. like, you know, I don't know any anyone that. I've been on a team on that, like, the team's still going and I'm not on it. You know, we're still friends. It's not like, it's not, I didn't, I didn't take it personally. You're and better, I would, I would suggest anyone I. else, if you have friends that you're on an improv team with and they don't want you on your improv team anymore, don't take it, don't take it personally. Or if it is personal, then take it personally. Like, find out if it's personal <laughs> this personal? Is this personal? Because you might owe money. Like there I'm you go. That's, yeah, exactly. And that's, you broke Johnny's number one rule. Yeah. Um, all right, let's. Move it. See, that's more titles. Friends, enemies. <laughs> You're making this work. All right, I got another title for you. Robot. Teammate. You're a robot. Is that? Do you like that? Does that work? I don't... Uh, I, I took a Billy class where we were doing Robot Pirate Ninja. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm more of a ninja that smoke You're, bombs in to make sense of stuff and then smoke bombs out. Yeah. That's why I love the... Uh, no one uses it anymore. That. The uh, uh, swinging door. Swinging door. Swinging door. Yeah, I learned that in two hundred one, and no one. It's 
there's some sort of weird kibosh on it now because it's just exposition. People use it just for exposition instead of justification. People, you know, you know why I, I don't like it sometimes is because people use it as a cop out, uh, as a way to tell somebody else you're doing it wrong. I think that happens a lot. Of going like, hey, this is this is what you need to do. Okay, bye. Right. Uh, and, or like, this is it, this so, is why you're doing something. And it's so and it's so like. Uh, in, in, in its nature, too, it happens so fast that you don't get to go, like, you don't get the other person who's being, like, being the door who gets swung doesn't really get an opportunity to change or write or contribute. They're just like, oh, okay, bye. I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah, but I've, I've always used it successfully as more of, like, a, like a paint-on. Sure. Like, y- you can walk into a scene and it's like, we see he's wearing... A blood-covered fur coat, and that can inform the person in the scene. Like, yeah, oh, this is what you know. Everyone on the back line or my teammates, you know, got from it, and I guess I missed it. But I'll incorporate that with what I'm doing, right? Because why else would a teammate come on and give me this gift unless it's something I can use, right? Uh, with the swinging door, uh, did I lose myself? I think I just lost myself. Okay. Okay. If you if you use it more as Dude, like as a, a justification paint. paint on. Okay. Yeah. Where it's it's less it's less like hey, you forgot this you 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 just said this thing and you forgot it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can't you can't walk onto a scene and it's like we see he's acting this way because blah 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 blah. Sure. That would seem weird. One of my favorite paint ons I, I ever heard was some guy did a meta joke uh, like right at the top of a scene like he did a tag and then he did like this weird little meta joke. Uh, and then this guy, Zach Fairless, goes, uh, we see that this guy is an asshole. And I was like, yep, this guy's my favorite because he was being an asshole. And it's <laughs> Wait, my favorite. what's his character being an asshole or was the guy being an Just asshole? Just this guy's being an asshole. Oh. Or no, we see that this guy's an asshole. And it didn't really matter to me because he was being an asshole and it worked perfect. Was he being an asshole on purpose? I don't know, probably not. See, now we're talking about tyrants again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is an asshole that doesn't know he's... Is, is a guy that's acting like an asshole but doesn't know he's acting like an asshole an asshole? Nah. Uh, yes. Uh, and they're also, and then on top of that, they're oblivious. See, what, <laughs> see, I would say someone that's acting away and knowing why, knowing that they're... More of an asshole for sure. If they're acting like an asshole and they know no. they're acting like an asshole because they want to act like an asshole, yeah. then they're an asshole. That's wor- That's more of an asshole. That's even worse. If they don't know... See, I... I would have put, uh, not trying to give you notes, Zach, <laughs> but I would say, like, we see this guy doesn't know that he's acting like an asshole. <laughs> okay. He might have been a little more it was, uh, respectful paint. <laughs> it was it was at one of those uh, potluck jams, to, to be fair. Oh, but, okay. Uh, still. Because uh, it's like, I know some people that are just like, like, do a jam just to be crazy. Yeah. And then, like, I, I asked, I was like, hey... Like, are you are you just being crazy, or did you not know that you literally stepped on everyone's toes? And yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, oh my god, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I was just like, you know, someone said like you could do whatever you want in the jam, and <laughs> instantly it's so all it's, it's acceptable. And so I just yeah. did, and then it's just like, and then it's like, no, no, it, it's fine because you didn't know. But it's just next time, try and play a little more by the rules because there's always like, you know, kind of mutual ground rules at every jam. One of my favorite, uh, my least favorite moments in a jam is when somebody does a, uh, does, usually it's a meta commenty joke that just sort of stops the scene and it's like, 
if, like every like it's that moment when somebody goes and they're like, "You guys didn't bring enough chairs. This scene doesn't have enough chairs." Yeah, and then like, yeah. and then everybody looks over at the person and like, "Okay, so do we keep going?" <laughs> like, I, yeah, you gotta keep going, right? You gotta follow that. No, you figure, have to but figure like, out a way to tie it all in. That's what that's what happens, but it's so fucking annoying. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to I always say hear, that's one it's of my like, least favorite moments. I always life. hear the the sound in my head like it's it's one of two sound effects. When it's someone's like you know, like if if you're using like a chair as like a old person walker, yeah, and then someone says you need to get a walker instead of using that chair. I yeah. like I hear two things in my head. Either it's the Price is Right losing buzzer, which is like, <laughs> or it's like a like a very slow, like a sad balloon slowly deflating, or just like that. I'm just like, oh, and then you just turn it into like, like, would you never buy me a walker? I guess we <laughs> you have told to do, me to use the chair. We have to do this now. No. Look what you created. Well, I would if I wasn't in the nursing home where everything's chairs. <laughs> and then you're in a nursing home where everything's chairs. Yeah. The and then someone picks up ever. a chair and starts using it like a spoon. And of then course. Because I'm eating my cereal with the t- chair because this place has no... S- everything's chairs. I put cereal on a... <laughs> chair and eat it with a chair and it's not cereal it's just little chairs <laughs> and chair milk I milked the chair everything's chairs <laughs> do you, you, you want to make the one the, thing chair I'll make did everything did you hear about the nursing home that has all chairs yeah it's kind, fact, it, was, it was established with that one line you're not <laughs> you're not even my grandson you're you're a chair with clothes <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> Those clothes and chairs. My mental disorder is chairs. Yeah, set up a good uh, callback later where someone sits on a chair. You're sitting on my grandson. <laughs> okay. I lost whatever it was I was, gonna, I was talking about. Chairs? Nope. Uh, all right. You don't, you don't buy robot. You buy ninja. No, no, no. I do. Okay. I just don't know what I am. Sure. You're a fucking robot, man. Why? Yeah. Why do you say I'm a robot? Um. Well, first of all, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. First of all. No, no, no. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with anything. Uh-huh. It's like, so I think that there's like Johnny Schwartzbein. I think Johnny Schwartzbein is a robot because. Mm-hmm. Finish the, that sentence. Um. There's. Here's like a, a type of scene that I you is very one on one, but uh, I got you a weird gift. Open it, and then I open it, and it's like crazy. And then and then there's that moment of like, what happens now? Uh, and then usually what happens is there's another gift, right? Uh, and it's not necessarily a good scene, but Johnny Swordsman would be great at pulling out like eighty gifts in a row that are all very funny and have the exact same idea behind it. Okay. Um, that, and I, and then, and then on top of that, like, if there's a scene where, like, to me, there's, like, a very clear mapping, like, we were talking about that, like, southern stupidness thing. All right. You, you could do that all day long. And I, and I, I think I'm okay at those to a point, but, at, like, at a certain point, I'm like, I've lost it. Like, I can't, I can't come up with anything anymore. Okay. Uh, and I and I watch you, and I think you're exceedingly good at that. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, but but you need like all the different parts, the robot ninja pirate. Like you, you need all that in the scene. I feel like, or at least 
everyone wants it in the scene. Like, yeah. what's the point of being a robot if you're not completely emotionally invested in your character? Which is, from my understanding, what a pirate is. Mm-hmm. Like, any pattern you set up and play in a game is completely lost unless there's that, uh, you know, uh, emotional investment. The For sure. They call it commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, what's the point of being in a scene if you're not helping out the other person in the scene or at least setting up people on the back line for a walk-on or a tag run right. or at least giving someone something to someone on the back line for them to use later in the piece. And that's from my understanding what a ninja does. For sure. Which is, you know, do do the unseen for the betterment of the group. Yes. So I think yeah I, I yeah sure that's it's considerate and I, I get that. So I don't I don't disregard any title of robot pirate ninja. Godfather. But at the same time, you know, there's like it's almost like levels on a speaker. Mm-hmm. Where if it's, you have like a red, a green, and a yellow, and like red's pirate, green's robot, yellow's ninja. Okay. They're always if they're always fluctuating. I feel like that would be. Like they're all, they're constantly going up. So if a scene needs a little more of a, a justification and pattern playing, you could do that. Or if it needs, like you know, oh my uncle, my uncle Pete is you know uh, a paraplegic who always screams a bunch about the 1962 World Series. That's what I would have you do. Then, you the, would pirate, do that then the pirate level goes up because you gotta you gotta figure out a way to like completely in, you know invest in that character. Yeah. You know, and then if you're doing both pirate and ninja, and then uh, or pirate and robot, yeah. and then the ninja's like really low, then just do something. You know, uh, figure out a way to get the team involved, and then the ninja thing goes up. And right, you know, it's it's always an ebb and flow. So I don't know what I am, but I'd like to be everything at once. Sure, I mean, I think I think everybody uh, the ba- the balance of that, and the, yeah, yeah, I talked I had Billy on, and he was like, yeah, that that wasn't supposed to be taken so. Uh, as it was, uh, but the ba- the balance is obviously important. Um, yeah, because like, everyone I like to watch does either can or, in most cases, does all three right. at the same time by just playing the way they play. Yeah, yeah. I I brought it up because I wondered if you if you think about it because um, oh, I do. Yeah, uh, I do. I feel I feel like in various gr- groups I've been called various things and. Uh, Man, you were having so much fun over I, there. No, I left something. You're, you're I got something caught on fidget, your table. I'm trying to. You're just to, a, I'm a fidgety, fidgety dude. You're a fidgety I don't dude. I like talking about myself. <laughs> let's talk about you. Worst thing. Let's talk about you. All right, let's talk about me. So, what have people called you? Uh, all of those things. Right. That's good. It's yeah. It's okay. Uh, I don't. But when I when I do it, I I don't ever. I, I've never really thought about any of them. Like I, I don't. I also stopped thinking about game a while ago, which is also maybe why I feel like I'm not doing great on sticks. I stopped thinking about game, uh, like altogether. Why? Because uh, I don't feel like I need it anymore, which is probably need not it true. Anymore. Yeah, I don't have to feel like I need it um, because it's not interesting to me or fun for me to go like we're, we're talking about that gift scene. I really do feel like, in a certain way, and it's, it's in the worst way. That's a good, that's a, a UCB scene, and that like, yes, we're just we're playing a game, we're heightening it. Uh, it's, it's a simple thing, it's a simple pattern that keeps on getting heightened. I'm not saying it's good. Um, it, well, it's that's not, it's not that's not a game. How, why not? That's a pattern. 
Um, the game comes from the reason why. Sure. The, we're, we're, I'm assuming and you're that gonna, that's there. For a good scene, you're going to need justification eventually. I'm assuming that that's there. That's, I'm See, assuming that. Let's keep talking about titles. Okay. It's a UCB scene. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. an, an IO scene now doesn't have game. That's not what I'm saying, Johnny. Why are you putting words <laughs> in my mouth, god damn it? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I lost my goddamn train of thought. You, you're, no, you're, you're saying, you drop game. Uh, because it doesn't interest so, you. So, yeah, so, but what happens is I'm not, I don't have fun at a certain point going like, okay, this will be the next thing. Uh, I, have, I have more fun uh, surprising myself and forcing my partner to deal with something new. So... If if we were if we were two gifts in and we're not saying that this is a good scene or a perfect example, we're saying just two games that two game beats in, uh, and I know what the game is. I there's no way I will okay. do that third game beat. There's no way you can get me to do it because I hate it. So you hand me you hand me a gift. I open it up and say, oh oh Stephen, you got me you got me haggis, and I say what's haggis? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I say haggis is it's a the sheep stomach. Stuffed okay, I got with you haggis. Sheep I know innards. Okay, I know what that is. Yeah. Wait, you got me a gift you didn't you didn't know what you were getting me and you still gave me the gift? See, like this is already more fun for me. Well, I I'm just trying to figure out why you gave me haggis but you didn't know what it was. Uh why did you give me haggis? Beautiful texture. Beautiful texture. Beautiful. Okay. Yes. So you love giving gifts with beautiful textures. Correct. Hand me another gift then. <laughs> oh. Before I open it, what is it? Do you even know? Yes. Of course I know what, what it is. What is it? Uh, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a piece of dog poop, but it's all covered in white. It's like the, that that dog poop has been on the sidewalk. So it's crusty. It's crusty. Beautiful. Never seen anything. It's like It's a completely it. different texture than haggis. But I've never seen anything like it. It's beautiful. It's unique. Okay, so now you're just giving me unique gifts. It's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I'm allowed to think it's beautiful. Dog poop is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> we've been dating for two years now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give me a different gift than dog poop and haggis. You've been giving me dog poop and haggis every three month anniversary for the last two years. Steven, I'm done. Johnny. I'm done. Johnny, you can't be done with me. Unless this third gift is different than haggis or dog poop. Alright, I'm throwing away the third gift, and we're not doing that. And instead, I wanna show you what I've done to my body. Oh boy. <laughs> This is another haggis or dog poop tattoo. <laughs> See, like that, that to me, I can't help but be forced into a pattern with you. Right, well uh, that's, pattern is the easiest way for me to know what my scene partner wants to do next. Yeah. Or at least what we're going to do next to figure out why we're doing it. It's just it's the easy way to get on board. Like for example, if you're doing if you're doing that warm up, the categories or sure, yeah. Johnny Meese calls it what celery stalks. Yeah, he just okay. And someone goes red, and yeah. another one goes, you know, blue. Yeah, and you go dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that always makes me sad. You're, you're, you're. That's not a chair. That's a walker. Mm-hmm. So like. I mean, any good scene I've seen always has, you know, well-grounded characters in a relationship that matters to the characters in the scene. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, a justification as to why they're doing the unusual thing that they're doing. And 
everyone keeps doing that more and more and more in different ways until the scene's over. Right. So, in those simplest of terms, it's whatever character relationship you want, whatever uh, game or pattern you're playing, like the math. Yeah. And it heightens. Because yeah. there's no point in doing something funny the same way over and over. you got to do it in a different way so that the audience doesn't expect it or does expect it and loves when it happens. Right. You know, because if they know what's coming and you've set their brain up to know what's coming and then you do something they don't expect, what do you get? Laughter. You get a laugh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's simple. It's just simple math doing it in a way that you feel comfortable with. So but I don't it, do that. I never do that. I can't like, do why, that. It's why? not fun. It's not funny. I don't I don't find it funny. I don't find it fun to do. And I hate I hate it I hate it when I feel like my teammates already got it figured out. Like if somebody's ahead of me, I'm like, no, we're not I don't like this. Why? Because I want I it's what's fun I do improv because I enjoy it. Right? Right. It's not fun for me to not be surprised and like at the brink of laughter. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Huh. Well, then I guess you can you can still like because that's like saying like my teammate has this idea he thinks is great, so I'm just gonna not I'm gonna not accept that. No, I don't think I don't think of it that way. Maybe it is a little bit. It's if you okay, you have an idea that's great, and may, and also that's uh, that's why I'm, I'm not, I haven't done premise so much premise stuff in a while, and I uh, I need to get back into that. But um, and I don't think of it as a, it's an idea that's great. That's uh, it's like yeah, man, you have an idea, but I'm I'm here too, and we're gonna we're gonna come up with an idea, right? Uh, but you, you, and and it's not it's not the same to go like. Uh, when you you want a, a masterful uh, first line of like, listen, I know you're gonna get really mad because I did this and this and this, and here's my whole thing like that. I'm like, that's well, great. Fuck, where am I? What am I doing now? You already told me everything I'm supposed to feel. You already set up that you're the crazy. Where's gonna be? Where's the fun for Steven in this? He's doing it. Wow. He already told you. He, yeah. That's that's a great thing. Hey, listen, I know you're gonna be mad because you're always angry at the color green. But my new girlfriend's coming over to the apartment, and she's bringing a bunch of her plants from her plant exhibit at the Natural uh, whatever History Museum. So don't throw the fettuccine all over the place. Uh, so my my response to that, because I would hate that. Like, I would hate that. That's no fun. That, the audience <laughs> can't like that. My response would be that, like, no, she's not going to make it. Like, I slashed her, t- I slashed her brake line. She's gonna, she's dead. Like, that would be my response to it because I don't want to play that. That's no fun, and mm. I think that's funnier to get. Like, especially for people who know improv. Like, if you set up a game too well, I think people like people. That's, who know see, that's improv not a game. It. That's just specifics. Like that's that to me makes it more fun for me because I have tons of stuff to do it. Like, tons of stuff that I can play. Like, one, how would this... Okay, this guy is always mad at the color green. What kind of person gets mad at the color green? Why would they get mad at the color green? Okay. Uh, Why would I have a roommate that would bring a girlfriend over to the apartment that would bring plants from work over? Uh, Also, I make fettuccine. Like, that's that's a thing I do. (laughs) So it's like, okay, so maybe I'm Italian if you want to, like, be really base about it. Or maybe I'm just a guy that, you know, you know it's Fettuccine Thursdays. And you're going to bring a sure. date over? Maybe I'm mad that he's bringing a date over. Maybe it's not even about the fact that it's 
is the color green. Yeah. But, you know, if I order pizza and he well, even, know, pulls out that, cash, I'm going to get mad. I know that. Right. So, but to me, that even sounds like in a weird way, it sounds, it sounds like you're agreeing in that, like, maybe it's not exactly the stuff that the person laid out because you're like, maybe you're not mad about the color green. Like, somebody says, I know you get mad about the color green, and you say, I'm not mad about the color green. No, no, green. no, no, no. I don't, have to be, I don't have to be mad about him knowing that I get angry at the color green. I just have to be mad at the color green. We could be in a completely white room right now. Sure. And you say, man, you always get mad at the color green. I'd be like, yeah, I know, but we're in this completely white room, so we're fine. Yeah. Until your girlfriend brings the plants over, and maybe they're not even green plants. Maybe they're, you know, the rare Brazilian uh, blue vine or something. It's sure. Like, and that's something, that's a way to challenge us, like, it's like, oh, there's your girlfriend. Oh, thank God she brought the ra- rare Brazilian blue vine, so none of it's green. Huh. We, we skated on that one. Right. Time to enjoy my fettuccine. <laughs> Time to enjoy my And then you have fun pasta space work. <laughs> like... I, I I always play under the assumption that everything that my scene partner says is gold. Otherwise, why would they say it? Why would I be so base as to think someone would possibly say something in a scene that they don't think helps? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, unless they're being an asshole intentionally. Yeah. Why'd you gesture which, to me on that one? Because <laughs> you brought up the, 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 <laughs> sure. the uh, air quote asshole from before. Right. But it's like, no one walks into a thing saying, saying like, I'm going to be a complete asshole and say this thing that they can't possibly deal with. Yeah. And if, if, if they do that, then it's, I don't want them on a team. Yeah. Or at least I'm going to try to play the way I, way I play to fix it. Yeah. You know. But it's not, a, it's not about fixing. It's about accepting and then adding. Yeah. So if someone has, like, comes in and has, like, a super heavy premise with a bunch of specifics, just react to it. Find something to react to. Accept all of it. Find something to react to and add something that you can bring. Like, if, if you yeah. want to challenge someone, say yes, yes, and. Yes, you're girlfriends bring you over all the plants but none of them are green so I don't have to get mad fettuccine or it's like yeah I don't think we have to worry about me being mad at green yeah because it, you're the one you know you're you're the one that always you know uh, does that cartoon auga when I eat pasta so I don't so this is gonna be a pretty crazy so when the evening. girlfriend comes over you get insanely mad and he goes I woo all the time <laughs> like it's you know just build yeah yes and you know yeah I don't know cause you, you don't wanna undercut yeah and by no you don't I, sometimes it just feels like game uh, people people try to do game one sided and I don't like like that's that's the thing that's I think like you talk like you talk about that initiation if somebody did that initiation they're like I already here's, got this thing figured out and I'm like I don't I'm fucking done with this this isn't gonna work for me if, you know and that's the thing why it's like uh it's two people and it's like it's 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 uh yes and it's passing back and forth it's like sure. juggling they have a super heavy premise and yeah. then you say yes and what you know something I think is funny to add. To everything yeah. you said, and they say no. Let's go back to my thing. Then it's on them. It's not on you, right? Yeah. You know, uh, oh, 
there was a, a class I had. I think it was a Sean Conroy five one. This is back when five one ones were a thing. But uh, oh man, I forgot who was who was the other person in the scene. But John Hallman was one of the people in the scene. Sure. And uh, the exercise was both of you think of like a, uh, a line to start a scene. Yeah. And then same at the same time. Yeah. And it was it was such a great thing. It's like well, you say yours. Like, think of it beforehand. You say yours, I say mine, and then we figure out a way to make it work. Right. Like, make it, like, combine it into a game. Yeah. So, uh, John Holman walks in and goes, Honey, I'm back with the guacamole. <laughs> and she says, Oh, thank God, I thought you died in a car crash. <laughs> and it was just like, No, no, I just went out to get guacamole. You thought I died in a car crash? She's like, Oh, I saw it. And then it was up to, off to the races where they sure. had to figure out. You know, then you have to justify, like, oh, I saw something on the news, and it was exactly the route you take the supermarket every time. It's like, no, 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 I just got the guacamole. Yeah. And then settle down, and then now you have the, the fun game of wife that overreacts to everything. Sure. You know, or thinks her husband's always in peril, however specific you want to get. But it's one of those where it's like, no one really, like, it, it wasn't loaded, yeah, right. none, of the, none of the premises were loaded, but they used both in a way that satisfied the audience. Yeah, or the class, whatever you want to say. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would implore you to not, not. I mean, like saying you don't want to play game is just like. No, I don't think about game. I don't think about it. It's not that I don't want to play it. No, then you're um, reading the back of the sweatshirt. <laughs> is that on the, yeah, okay. think, yeah, yeah, it's there. Um, yeah, that's that's what I mean. I don't think about game. I I don't like play, and I, I don't like playing games that are feel one sided. Like I like somebody if, if it's too if it's too heavy of a, an initiation or something like that. There's there's very little chance that I'm going to do exactly what they're setting up. Uh, I or I'm going to or I'm going to do everything in my ability to not do that because it's no See, it's no fun. I, yeah, that's the thing. I just, I, I'd say don't don't do don't do what they want. Do what you guys do together. But like, right. s- like saying, I don't want to do what you want to do. I want to do what we want to do. Yeah. Yes. But he's yeah, part of we. And he yeah, just yeah. told you what he thought we would want to do. Yeah. So if someone comes up to I'm you and says... I'm going to modify that. Hey, man. Hey, man. Let's go to the beach. Yeah. Or like someone says, hey, I want to, you know... Hey, it's sunny out. Let's do something outside. And you yeah. say, yeah, it is sunny outside. Let's go to the beach. Right. That's yes and. Sure. But it's like, hey, it's it's sunny out. Let's do something outside. And you're like, you know, no, I want to be inside because no. you want to be outside. See, no, what I'm saying is <laughs> if, and this is, I mean, it's life versus improv. It's very different. If somebody comes if up to me. If someone started a scene like that, If somebody comes up to me and goes, uh, like there's an improv scene, and this is weird because it's, it's analogous it's and track. It's Fine, it's life. Somebody comes up to me and is like, uh. Let's go to the beach at three thirty, and or I'm, I'm, I, there's going to be sangria there, and we'll go get a hot dog at the food truck after we play volleyball. Like, yeah. I'm, like that, I'm like, fuck. Like, even in life, I think even in life, I'd just be like, whoa, can't we have like fun or try to not do that? Like, 
at yeah. a certain point, you're over-scheduling life. That's and what I I'm think saying. same thing with an improv scene. If you over-schedule, if you come in and you're like, I've got these beats figured out. Right, so you, you already that, said, but... man, we're not going to have fun. There's no way, there's no room for fun there. Yeah, but at the same time, in real life, just like a scene, you have to assume you know the person. Sure. Right? And you don't want to shit on someone you know or you're friends with. Yeah. So you want to go, you go like, Mike, Mike, Mike. Like, you keep, like... Like you said, this was going to be just like a fun day out. You're micromanaging. You're over planning. So now he knows that his character over plans everything at least. Okay. And you know how you feel about what he does. Right. And then it's up to him to respond. So it's like, yes, this, 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 this. And what does that say about you? It says you overschedule. But stuff. we're not we're not tracking the analogy right because we're talking about what li- we were talking about life before. And now we're t- changing it to improv. And if it's improv, that's a gift. Uh. If it's life, it's different. Our analogies are getting screwed up, no, Johnny. You, you can react, the, you can the react the same. The wires are all crossed. I'm saying you can react the same You're way as you would your in head, life. Johnny. You'd be like, if, if you had a friend named Mike and he came up to you and said, Hey, listen, uh, I, like, I know we're supposed to hang out today and we're going to the beach and we're going to do this at 3.30 and we're going to eat this flavored gelato at this place. Yeah. You'd be like, whoa, 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 Mike. Yeah. Why are, why are you over planning everything? Yeah. Right. So he's giving you the gift of this is a very unusual thing right. that I'm doing is like the super heavy premise. Right. And all you like it's okay. It's our scene. If I'm going to be in the scene, I'm going to figure out why why you did that. No, and but then if we it's like, but if it's like, like okay, if it's life and if it's a scene, I think this works. It's like all right. Well, I'd also like to inject some things that I'd like to do. Like I don't really like gelato. Maybe uh, I'll probably maybe I'll hit up some Jamba Juice See, if I, you want to do that. That's what I mean. It's like you, it, at a certain point you need to inject your thing into it, or else it's like it's no fun. Like I, I don't know. I, I guess would, if, I you would, set, if you set up like a, something amazing, like sure that'd be fun, but I don't think it's fun for the audience, and I don't think it's fun for the players for everybody to understand what's happening before it happens. Like that's there's there's little to no surprise in that, and sure it can be. I think it can be funny, but it's not. I don't think it's the same as uh, somebody like. Womack. Like, Jacob Womack is, I think, really good at just throwing in a random specific. And, like, that's the type of thing. Like, hey, we gotta deal with this detail now. Like, that. You're like, oh, well, shit, now we gotta deal with that. Like, that's fun to me. I don't... It's not the same as if, uh, you know, somebody's just like, alright, we're playing out the scene, we're playing out the scene, we've hit all these beats, hello, we win. Like, that's... Like, a random specific in a a vacuum. It's just... It's nonsense. But it always... When when someone does it in a scene, it always gives more of a clue as to who the character is, or right. it says something about the character they're playing, or it's a gift given to someone else. But it shifts it. It require, but from that, it requires a shift in the whole scene, and it requires everybody to deal with it in a new way. Even if it only says something about like we're uh, for some reason it's Jacob, but it could have only says something about Jacob's character. Could be the, Everybody has to deal it with it. It could be now. the start of a pattern. It could be like, like Sure. Like if they're in a road trip and, you know, someone's just uh like, you know, Larry's eating too loud in the back. Like loud eating Larry is the game that everyone's playing. Yeah. So it's like Larry, keep it down. Okay, okay. I'm gonna bring out this increasingly more loud thing I'm gonna snack on him. I'm gonna try to eat it even right. quieter. And then uh you know, the guy's driving is like, look, Larry, I can't it's so loud I can't hear Jock Jams Volume 2 on this stereo. Like, I brought this specifically for this road trip. Right. No one has to go, wait, why did you bring Jock Jams? Right. Like, it's just that character likes listening to pump-up music. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> on a road trip. <laughs> yeah. Like, never-ending. It's like, it's like, oh, you, 
jock jams. Is that to pump us up? Yeah, I wanted to pump us up all the way to Dubuque. Right. That's a shift. That's a shift that... That's just specifics that tell you more about what's going on. No, but like... You don't have to come up with like... It's it's not a struggle to come up with why we're going to Dubuque or why he has jock jams in the stereo because you already know because you're the characters in the scene. Uh Uh-huh. You know why he put jock jams in and you know how... You know how you... Because you can tell him. That's how you know. Right. Uh, and I, 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 what I'm saying is I think there's sometimes a black and white version of the game where Larry will keep on eating the potato chips and let's go, oh, Larry! Uh, and that will happen. You know, I think throwing in jock jams is a good example in a way of going, all right, now I have a different reason why this uh, annoys me. Or like a more specific, like I, that's what I mean. It's like right, that's I adding, want to that's, change, that's, I want to... That's adding to the scene. Yeah. Because you're saying adding. why Larry is affecting you. Right. Listen. We agree. Yes. Yes, you are eating loud, Larry. Yeah. And it bothers me because I can't listen to Jock James. Right. As opposed to, yes, Larry, you're annoying me because it's loud. Yeah. You know, that's that's boring. It's it like, oh, you're doing a loud thing? I guess it has to be loud to me. Instead of going, you're doing that loud thing. And it's annoying me because. But see, that's the thing is that that scene of you're, you're loud and it's annoying me is out there. And that happens plenty. I've seen it plenty of times. And okay. it sucks. Like, that's what I mean. That's that, that I think I think I don't think we're far. I don't think we're apart on this at all. I'm not entirely sure. You don't like bad improv. I don't like bad improv. But Do you like bad improv? Kind of. <laughs> oh. I, I actually, if it's really bad, it's fun for me because I, I enjoy. No, I always what happens. I always, like I said, I always, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm analyzing. If I see a, a quote unquote bad improv set, figuring out to me why it's bad is just as you know helpful or informative of figuring out why good improv is good. Yeah. You know, I get that. So I don't know. Like saying that you won't. Like, you're going to take a tool off your tool belt because it's too heavy or you don't like carrying it around. Like, if you're just saying, I'm not going to play game. I don't think or about Or I'm not going to think about playing game because I don't like it. Because I'll get there. Game's there. Game happens. I don't things you don't like to do in an improv scene, but if game's it comes there, up... Dude. Jo- jo- game comes up. It. It's, it's so easy for game to come up. And I think it's, I think it's too easy. I think it's too easy to do game. Especially... Your level, my level, you, you can do game all day. Like I'm game repeated isn't, like, game, 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 isn't funny. I like to think that I bring the thing to the scene that's the other stuff. Maybe it's the resting. Like, maybe I'm just more concerned about that. Because I'll walk, I'll just walk around, and I'll find a way to incorporate it or make it my thing again. I will. Here's but I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to go, like, all right, what's the next game? Here's the thing. Yeah. In my opinion, if game exists... It does. And if a game exists in a scene and you're in the scene mm-hmm. and you're not playing it, that's denial to me. Oh, no, no. Disagree. Yes, Disagree. yes it is. I, did, I deny that premise. Everyone else is doing something and you're not. No, you can... Everyone else is playing the game and you're not. That's you denial. Can, you can contribute to game by resting it or giving new specifics for it to come back. If somebody's being crazy... I don't necessarily want to fuel them in the exact same uh, way. I don't necessarily want to hand them another gift. But what I want to do is give them an opportunity to come up with game or fi- or bring it 
bring it to the forefront or bring that funny thing in a new way that's like, all right, fine, I'm going to keep on going about my life in this office. I'm right. going to keep on making copies because I need to have a report, whatever, do. And then somebody else is going to bring their, you're going to bring your game to that. That's fantastic. That's way more satisfying to me than to just sit there and go like, all right, face to face, let's do it. Here. I'm but, giving you more game time. But you are, the game requires two people to play it. Sure. It requires the person to make the move. Yeah. And then someone to respond to it. Yeah. The response to the game is the fulfilling part. That's when it's like, Loud Larry sure. is being loud. Great. He can be loud by himself. It's not funny. Yeah. The people, the the world reacting to it, that's the other part of the game that needs to happen. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so. So, so. your so. reaction to it, There's to a the dip- game move, is playing the game. Right. Right. I agree. So, and, and then in that reaction, like... You could, you could, I think, very easily engage Larry or, or give him a simple opportunity to ruin what you're doing. You can make a phone call. You can start reading, right? Mm-hmm. You can do something like, that's easy for him to do. That's easy for him. If you stare out the window and just, like, go blank or whatever, that is such a different tactic. And that requi- I think that requires, like, work. And a, so I think that will be funner for the audience to see and more satisfying when it actually works. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't, I, it's just. So your response, I'm, your response to the unusual thing is to do a more unusual thing? To not, to not make it simple to do the game again. Okay. Then, then that's just like, you're making it really hard on yourself. Yeah. Why? Hmm. Cause it's better that way. Yeah, why is it better? Why is it it's better? Funnier. Anyway? It's, it's funnier. funnier. I genuinely believe it's funnier to be surprised by something that happens than to. First of all, you got to figure out why Loud Larry doesn't mind being loud. You got to figure that out. No, I don't. I don't think. And well, before you figure that out, you're just Zeke, the guy who stares out the window, <laughs> as his response to anything that a normal person would respond differently to. So now you got two crazy people doing crazy things. No, how is that? Okay, all right. If someone's being We're too not loud, solve if, this. if someone's being too loud in your office, how would you respond? By staring out a window? Uh, all right. Somebody's being too loud in my office. If someone's eating potato chips so loud in your office, I would say something. Office. I would say something. Like, right. Hey, man, you're being loud. Right. Whatever. Trying to work. Yeah. Great. Fine. Yeah. And, and then they're still lying. Like, fine. I'm going to ignore you. I'm yeah. going to stare out the window. Right. So then you're staring out the window. Yeah. If I'm on the back line, yeah. I'm like, this guy this guy has to be annoyed by Larry because he, he already set it up. Yeah, and, and that's great. Don't and you're you think like, that's I'm great? not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you annoy me. But see, I am eventually, sure. But what I I think what you're doing what like doing that, I think that's great because what it forces is it forces heightening. Larry is going to have to be louder. He is going to have to annoy me. Right. And I'm going to get annoyed. I'm not saying, like, I'm taking that off the table and I refuse to play the game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm doing it in a new... I'm trying to make it harder so it will be bigger and, to me, more satisfying. I, 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 can, I can go back to typing and then go... And then, and then just go, like... Larry, what did I say? I, I don't like it. I, it. You're too loud. I can do that, and then I can go back to typing, and he can be loud again. And I, Larry, come on. And then who's the weird one? Like, what? He he needs to get weirder. Exactly. I don't need no, to no, respond no, 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 no. lesser. No, you can respond more, and then by the time you're crazy, then Larry's like, 
wow, you're crazy. <laughs> and that I can't that's get funny. any work done. Yeah, and that's then funny. You, that's a button of a scene. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, by you responding even more crazy, you heightening what you're doing, that's, that's you playing a game. Maybe it's not loud Larry's loud. Maybe that's not the game. Maybe it's you're the guy that can't control his anger to, like, little simple things. So maybe it's the next, maybe the second beat is a guy on the bus that's just like, but that, but like that's, but that's a change of the game. That's a shift, and I think that's less funny. I think that's less funny to switch it around and go like after if, if we're doing two beats of this loud Larry game, and it's, and like, it's like, hey, you're overreacting and just two beats. Then. then it's yeah, sure. Then when it comes to a second beat, or, or if I the other guy in the scene knows he has to do something that's slightly annoying, and the other person in the scene knows that they have to increasingly if get I more disengage annoying. and then Larry starts running a lawnmower, that is funnier and more satisfying to me. You know what I mean? That is more funny than if I if I'm like, all right, I'm ignoring, I'm gonna just ignore the chips, whatever. And then if he starts pulling out a lawnmower, that's bigger and funnier to me. See, but you have to establish in the beginning why he's being loud. Yeah. If he's... If you, if He'll he's, get there. Hum, 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 and he's eating... Like, he's eating like that. Good, good work. The first thing is like, oh, Larry, keep it down, man. That's annoying. Yeah. What's he going to say? He's either going to say, dude, I'm going to do whatever I do. Yeah. Because... Blank. Like I'm trying. If he says I'm trying to annoy you, if yeah. I'm trying to be an asshole, yeah, then the ignore. Fine, you're trying to get on my nerves. I'm going to ignore you. Yeah, and then that would force his end that way. The other way is, oh, oh, I didn't realize I was being that annoying. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll try and keep it down. Yeah, and he goes back to doing the same thing. You can't react the same way to him doing the same thing. Yeah, I agree. So then he for- he forces you to change. So either way, you're playing the game because one of you is forcing the other one to heighten. Sure. So you're doing it whether you want to or not. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if, if you don't, then you're just like denying that, the reality of the scene. That's the thing I think about game. But, but that's what I mean. That's what I think about game is you're going to play it. You don't like have. If, you, if you don't have a choice. Follow the reality of the scene. You're gonna. You don't have a choice like to game. play a game. Yeah. I really, I really do think that, and that's not. Uh, so, so playing it so bland, I feel like is if if you're if you drive right at it, if you if you go right to it, I don't think that's as fun. And that's I think maybe that's a play style. I don't think I'm denying it or doing it a, a different way. I do, but, I, but what I do think is I'm just like, all right, man, we're gonna mosey on to that next beat. We're gonna find a way to get there. See, I, and I, it's it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different than you thought of of me just going back to typing. Whatever. I don't you know? know why you want to make it so hard on yourself though. Cause I don't want to make it's not. I don't think that's hard. I don't think that's hard, Johnny. We've done improv before together, man. We're not that far apart. Yeah, but the whole idea of like we're gonna playing, playing a game in a pattern so that the other person knows what's going on so that we can do stuff together. But but see. But that, that then I then I'm assuming that my partner then I'm I feel like then I'm assuming less of my partner if 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 like you if you're you you start as a noisy thing and that's annoying you know that you know that I know that the whole audience knows that I I'm not gonna assume that you need me to set you up to be loud again I'm because you don't you don't need me to go all right I Larry I'm gonna focus on this this is very important. Uh, I can't, I can't, you don't need me to do that. You are a good enough player. Most people are good enough players to just go like, I know what my game is. I know what, I know what my thing in this scene is. I know what I'm going to repeat. So, but you don't know how I'm going to do it. Right. 
there's the same games that have been played forever. Yeah. But the key is they've been played by different people. Sure. And different people play games in different ways. So by me setting up something that could lead to a game, and then you adding something that does lead to a game, if you do that in the first three lines, now we're free to play it the way we would together, Mm -hmm. which is different than than, than a way two other people would. Mm -hmm. So that's where the fun for me comes as a performer, is being able to take this mold and do what I what I would with it. Okay. What? Otherwise Let's, it's just like Let me okay, let me try to I feel I feel like we're close here. I really do. Let's talk about that ping pong thing that you talked about with Drew, right? Okay. All it was was you guys were stepping back, right? It's simple. Super simple. Now here imagine you had an infinitely long stage. Right. Uh and you guys just kept stepping back. And you just step back. And there were no chairs. And there were no curtains. That is not as fun or funny, I think, than you adding your flavor of it to, like, going behind the curtain. It's just your hand. It's when or you, Drew stepping up on the thing. Then that's, you, that's when you would... If, if I wrote it out into, like, a, a video sketch sure. where you could have an infant new on stage. Yeah, well, that'd be funny. In okay. <laughs> then it starts in a gymnasium. Sure. Okay, backs out until I'm out of the gymnasium one door. He's out of the gymnasium the other door. Right. We still manage to get the ball to the table and back and forth. Yeah. Okay, then I'm in the parking lot, and he's in a different parking lot. Then I'm on I-10, and he's on the 405. Right. And then I'm in the desert, and he's on a boat. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and you go back and forth and back and forth. And then maybe you start to come back in. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you maybe you flip everything, and the thing is, and then maybe it's like me just having a sip of coffee and just reading a paper and eating pancakes or whatever for like a good minute, and then I look to my right and then I pick up a paddle and then I hit a ball, and then I put the paddle back down and then I go back to my meal because that ball has to travel so far. Yeah, I have enough time now to eat a meal. Right. In between each hit, and then it goes to him, and he's taking pictures on top of the Great Wall of China, and he has his whole family there. And he's just having a, you know, cheese. Yeah. And then, oh, honey, can you hand me my paddle? Boom. It's just, you know, it, you could, the, the reality of it is that it's two people that won't let the other one win ping pong. Right. And have to keep moving back. Right. And then maybe it ends, maybe it ends that we're both at the Great Wall of China. If you're doing the classic comedy thing where, you know. The United States is the exact opposite of China. Whatever, <laughs> the exact opposite of the globe. Sure. And maybe we're standing back to back, and I'm hitting forwards, and he's hitting forwards, and it's just going all the way around the earth. Yeah. Maybe we dig a hole through the earth, and we hit a ball through the core. Maybe we agree, you know what, it would save us a lot of time if we just cut a hole through the earth instead of hit around the surface of the earth. Right. You know? And then, eventually, you'd have to... Yeah, I, you'd probably work your way back to the table and then yeah. be like, one of us, you know, would, you know, it hit the corner of the table yeah. and it would do that weird sideways thing. It's like, ah, good game. <laughs> How do we get it to go across the earth like that? And then lights. Sure. Yeah, you can go anywhere with it. It just matters. And see, that's the thing. Then it would be like, if it was a stage sketch, we see this guy is backing up into the Gobi Desert. We see this guy is on a raft that's slowly moving across okay. the Atlantic Ocean. So, so again, though, 
what we're we're totally agreeing on is that that game isn't enough. That game of just stepping back on the stage is not enough. What is enough is those details and bringing more to it. Well, that's just heightening. Right. Exactly. We're just talking about heightening. Then why do you say you don't want to play a game? Ah, boy. All right. Everybody, this has been another successful episode of the Improv Obsession podcast. Johnny Schwartzbein, is there anything you'd like to share with our listening audience? Simple is better. <laughs> Great. Simple is better. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, oh, uh, your, yeah, your TNT shows. Tuesday nights, TNT uh, Tuesday TNT night. Whoop. 11th hour show Thursday night, 11 Little Mar Theater. Like them both on Facebook. Do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, rough cut. Bonafide. Oh, uh, Bonafide every fourth Monday. UCB. Great. Uh, or fourth, every fourth Wednesday, I'm sorry. UCB. Yeah. And Tournament of Nerds. And Tournament of Nerds. Tournament of Nerds going great. I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah, Tournament of Nerds.com. Tournament of Nerds.com. All right, Johnny, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> mister. Thanks, mister. <laughs> Thanks, mister. Oh, boy. Hurlstein. <clears throat> oh, everybody, that was Johnny Schwartzbein. Uh, we had a long, rambly argument at the end uh, where we both couldn't give up our opinions and we solved nothing. Uh, what are you going to do? That happens. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, good news. We have a new episode coming out next weekend uh, with the first guest who's not primarily a UCB person. Can you believe that? First episode without a mainly UCB person. This is going to be groundbreaking. Um, I wanted to give you guys a quick heads up. I'm doing a couple shows. Uh, I'm doing Sticks Martin. Uh, that's the team that Johnny Schwartzbein and I are on uh, at the One Love Show. That's at the Complex Ruby Theater. Uh, July 23rd, Monday, July 23rd at 11 o'clock. I'm also doing Room 101 with Sticks Martin, and we're going to be up right at the top of the second hour around 9.30. Uh, that's at the Complex. You guys know what's up with Room 101. And Thursday, you know what? This is the really important show. There's like this, uh, this is like, there's like a benefit uh, going on for the American Epilepsy, Epilepsy Society. Um, you can find the event on Facebook. We're going to be at the Little Modern Theater at 8 o'clock. Uh, suggested donation is $5. Bring $100. Bring bring two hundred dollars. You know, guys, we're gonna we're gonna cure epilepsy with improv, and uh, I think that's an important cause. I've never gotten to be in a uh, a a benefit show, and I'm really excited about it. And I hope you guys come out. I would really appreciate the support. Uh, There's a bunch of other good teams coming up, uh, and that show I think think was put on by Steve Slazga. So uh, good guy. So all all good things there. You need to go again. That's. Thursday, July 26th at 8 o'clock at the Little Modern Theater. Be there, be square. And then I'm going to do a two-man team show with my buddy Colin Murphy. We're called Stakeout at Happy Hour Recess. Uh, that's July 28th, uh, Saturday. And I think that starts at like 10.30 or something like that. Uh, whatever. Uh, come out to a show. Uh, be friends. Let's talk about improv. Uh, berate me for not putting out more episodes. Uh, thank you guys ever so much. I will talk to you next time, next week. Guys, we have an episode for next week. I hope you're excited. All right, have a good one. Happy improvising. It's the golden age of improv. Hi. I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- <laughs>